0: Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day, none other than Jackson White, co-founder, editor-in-chief of Politoscope, TYT Rebel HQ creator, host of YouTube channel Politics and Paper, always fascinating to have his analysis. Top story of the day, the cop who killed a deacon of a church over a traffic ticket, he's been fired. Obviously, the family is outraged after they saw the video. And according to their interview with us at Indisputable, the daughter said, and the attorney, what they saw was murder. Let me remind you of the daughter's sentiment after her father, Mr. Hallman, was killed by an Atlanta police officer. Here it is. And I feel like this officer he needs to be prosecuted. I feel
1: like he needs to be off the force and terminated. And I feel like the world needs to see what he did to my daddy. To me, it's just clear cut murder. I mean, I don't know no other way to see it. And then for my dad to have to beg for help or to beg for his life over
0: a traffic ticket, senseless. Senseless indeed, put up the picture of the officer. This individual, according to the attorney who represents the family, decided to engage in such extreme behavior. Even though Mr. Holman was actually being compliant, this person engaged in criminal activity according to the attorney. The Atlanta Police Chief Darren Sherbaum on Tuesday fired this guy. His name is Officer Kyron Kimbrough, who shot shot to death, a 62-year-old black church deacon with a stun gun during a dispute over a traffic ticket leading to his death. The chief stated that Officer Kimbrough did not follow department procedures August 10th when he did not wait until a supervisor arrived to arrest Mr. Johnny holman Sr. The chief said he decided to fire Kimbrough after an internal investigation concluded on Monday, let's put up, the man he killed again. Mr. Holloman was simply going to grab something to eat and was killed because of a traffic ticket that is no longer even an arrestable offense in the city of Atlanta. The chief said, and I quote, part of my job is to assess, evaluate, and adjust how this police department is carrying out its sworn mission to serve and protect the citizens of this city. Sherbaum said in a statement, quote, I understand the difficult and dangerous job that our officers do each and every day throughout the city. I do not arrive at, this, at, at these decisions. Lightly, Sherbaum's decision comes days before video, that Kimbrough's body camera recorded of his interactions with Mr. Holman could be released. So Attorney Davis, a lawyer for the family, uh, said Monday that the Forty County DA, Fanny Willis, told him and relatives during a meeting that the video would be publicly released as soon as Willis concludes that all witnesses have been interviewed. That could be as soon as Thursday. Now, I want you to follow the timeline here. We've been covering this story since day one on Indisputable. Remember, the police report said Mr. Hallman was aggressive. Mr. Hallman was out of control. I had no choice, according to the officer, but to tase him to death. The police department backed the initial narrative. And then the daughter said, not so fast. I was on the phone with my father while he was being killed. He was literally saying, I will sign the ticket. And then Attorney David provides advocacy for the family so that they are able to review the footage privately. They then come to Indisputable. They tell us what they saw in the footage was murder, and the city will not release the video because they know how damning it is. During this entire process, the officer who did it is still employed. He does not become an unemployed member of law enforcement until the district attorney says she's going to release the video herself. All of a sudden, the chief fires Kimbrough. There's more. Kimbrough had been on administrative leave. His attorney, Lance LaRusso, said in a statement Tuesday that Officer Kimbrough denies any wrongdoing or policy violations. And plans to appeal his firing. Quote, our client is a decorated law enforcement officer and looks forward to the release of the entire investigation. The loss of any life is tragic. However, Officer Kimbrough's actions in detaining Mr. Holdman and making a lawful arrest did not cause Mr. Holdman's death. End quote. Now, that statement is factually untrue. The government coroner, the medical examiner, they have concluded that Officer Kimbrough did, in fact, cause the death of Mr. Holman. They have ruled the death a homicide. Initially, they were trying to say he simply had a heart attack and the death was not the fault of the officer. That is not what the government has concluded. There's more. Relatives of Holman have seen the video and contend Officer Kimbrough should be charged with murder. The daughter, Arnitra Holman, who was on the program, said at a Tuesday news conference that the family is far from satisfied with Kimbrough's firing. This is not the end. We've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep going, Ms. Holman said, because this is. Just one of the things that we wanted, which was determination, but this is not all that we're looking for. We want justice. And we want justice now for our father. We want justice for your father as well. Now, I must submit this to everybody watching there's a policy dynamic that has to be addressed. The officer obviously acted in an extreme manner that caused the death of another human being. The police department has at least concluded that even if they will not criminally charge. I do believe he will get a charge from the DA's office, I do believe that. Now, why was he able, why did he have the authority to detain Mr. Holman for a simple traffic violation? Now remember what was on the report, the police report said he detained Mr. Holman. Because Mr. Holman did not want to sign this simple ass ticket. Mr. Holman requested a supervisor, which is something in Atlanta we are told to do. If we do not trust the process, he requested a supervisor. Obviously, the officer violated that as well because the chief of police cited, that's the reason he fired him for not following the procedure. So Mr. Holman knew the law, he knew the policy, he knew the procedure. And this officer decided to act in a way contrary to the rules that he is governed by. So now that policy of not signing a ticket is no more in the city of Atlanta. If you choose not to, not to sign a ticket, guess what the officer can do? The officer now can just check a box that says refuse to sign ticket and you move on with your day. And that officer moves on with their day. The fact that we would even have a policy to say a minor traffic ticket is going to land you in jail today and turn your life upside down. As soon as a human being is dead because of that insane policy, all of a sudden the politicians on council vote. The administration, are able to see the light policy transformed, because a man is dead. All right, we'll follow this story as it continues to develop. Jackson, thoughts here.
2: Well, you know, at very least, at the bare minimum, you'd think that he should get manslaughter. And this really would be low hanging fruit, too. I think you're right that uh, he's likely to get a charge because this really would be a win for the police department to charge him with murder. Um, Tasing uh, an elderly man for a traffic stop doesn't look good for anybody. On top of the fact that let's put this in a different situation. Oh, well, before I go there, um, not only did uh, he end up dead, but. You know, this is a police officer. He's not just some random civilian. So (laughs) he has to be held to a standard, which again is low hanging fruit for everybody. But also, I mean, put this in a different scenario. Let's say you're fighting in a club. Let's say both of you were, you know, being rowdy. Someone ends up dead. Someone's dead. Like, you can't be like, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to. They're, They're still dead. You know, like you you, you got to pay a price for that, uh, at least with some years, you know? Yep. So um, you put that in another situation. It's, it's, I mean, what are we talking about? Somebody gets hit upside the head with something. They're dead. They're dead. So uh, this is a pretty uh, open and shut. Unfortunately, it's not always that simple. But hopefully uh, he can get charged because it's it's pretty clear.
0: Yeah. And the rule is real simple. Um, when you engage in action where you knew or should have known that it could have caused serious injury or death, then that's it. That's all it requires. It doesn't matter that you get lucky sometimes and the person doesn't die. What matters is you knew the engagement of you deciding to use a taser over and over again on an elderly man
3: could kill him. You knew that, this is really an update. Um, An elected official,
0: former elected official, now the former president of city council for Los Angeles. Well, remember, um, she was on recording referring to a black child as a monkey. Um, Also said some other things that were adversarial to progress. Well, she's saying that her life has just been ruined because of this. And she never meant to be racist. All right. Uh, Let me go to a reminder of her comments. Here it is.
1: For MLK, for the parade that Herb used to organize and we all the council who wanted to join Herb on the float because he used to do a whole float, so it be nice. Bonnie would be like, hey, Nuri, are you going to the MLK? Well, Herb invited me, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Okay, I'm bringing whatever the kid's name is. I'm like, it's like the oddest thing. All, it's like black and brown on this float. And then there's these this white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved. Este niño has no, he's... They're not doing a, yeah, no, they're not doing, the kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the floor, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him, and I'm just
0: like, oh my God. Put up the picture full mask. There's an update to this saga. You're looking at Nuri Martinez, ex Los Angeles City Council president, has now broken her silence since audio leaked of her spewing bigoted comments towards a black child. It comes after a year from the time of the infamous tape leak that exposed her talking about her colleague's adopted son, who happens to be a black child. In the secretly recorded audio, she spoke about former councilman Mike Bonin's child's behavior on a float during a Martin Luther Day parade, Martin Luther King Dream Day parade. This was in 2017. According to reports, she compared him to a little monkey in Spanish. Council members Kevin DeLeon and Jill Cadillo were present during the 2021 private discussion, as well as the former LA County Federation of Labor president, Ron Herrera. Martinez decided to step down. From her position days later, amid the public outrage and protest. All right, we covered it extensively on Indisputable. During a recent podcast interview, she said, and I quote, the way I grew up with that word, and I'm not going to repeat it. It has nothing to do with skin color, has more to do with behavior. You're you're sort of saying, uh, playing around, You're, you're horsing around. Another word that we use in Spanish, which is for mischievous, you can't stay put. Martinez told the LAist. It's a conversation I should not have repeated. And I think that's an example of a bunch of moms sitting around, you know, being critical of little boys' behavior. That was my mistake. Now, there's more to this, but I just have to point out uh, at this point, she sounds like. You know when a bigot says the n-word, and then they say, no, that's not racist. That just means ignorant. That's what this is akin to, okay? You got me? All right, let's continue. She says, it was insensitive. It was mean. I never meant to hurt Jacob, and I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my life. You know? I never meant to hurt Jacob. I thought about this a hundred times of what I would say to him if I would see him. She explained how she would tell Jacob that she didn't intend to hurt him and that her mother called her that term in her childhood. You see how many I's are located in her explanation? I, I, I. Speaking to the LAist, Martinez said that her life has not been the same. Since the audio has been brought to light. She explained how she is having now financial hardships because her husband is also out of work. How she would go to church to get out of the house and how the situation impacted her emotionally. I mean, goodness, guy, Can we just give her a chance to go back into public office and literally be biased and racist and bigoted and act as if she gives a damn about the Black and Brown coalition while continuing to communicate in ways that are adversarial to the very progress of Black people? Now, remember, this story has a lot to do with obviously the comment against the child, but the full context of those recordings showed how antithetical she was to the black community. I don't know what's next, but I do believe this too shall pass. It already has, ma'am. But I just gotta be honest, what this has done to me and my family has completely destroyed us. I don't know what's next. I know this took my passion and my life. I don't know how to describe it in any other way. Besides, I'm lost. You are. That's the first authentic thing you said during that damn podcast. Ma'am, you are lost as hell. Okay? You talked about, among your colleagues, making decisions against black communities, coordinating, plotting, while pretending you were part Of the Black and Brown Coalition, Madam, please. So while many people may remember what you said about Jacob, and that was horrible too, I also remember what you and some of your colleagues said about voting against Black people and how Black people get everything while you just had a rally for the Black and Brown Coalition in LA. The reason why individuals like you harm the movement, it's because it gives energy to those who dissuade from us having coalitions together. Cuz they will sit back and say, you see, I told you, look at that. She doesn't care about black people. Why are you coordinating efforts with people who don't care about you? She may not care, but a whole lot of folks do. Let's put them up. So meanwhile, Kevin DeLeon and Bill Cadillo are suing. What are they suing over? Um, they're suing over the secret recording, the leaking of the audio. Uh, Kevin DeLeon, the only one involved in the discussion, refused to leave his position and is currently up for reelection. The suit filed by, uh, by Gil Cadillo, who is seeking punitive damages, General damages and obviously compensation states that this, that his only regret was staying silent while his colleagues casually disparaged black people. But it also states that nuance was ignored, context was hijacked, and the frenzy was manufactured. I don't think there's any manufacturing here. Um, I do concur with you uh, that being silent is being complicit. I agree. Um, And let this be a lesson to everyone involved. It sounds as if um, the former councilwoman did not learn anything other than how to create narratives where she becomes the victim after literally victimizing a child and then agreeing to engage in legislative dynamics that were adverse to communities that she said she was down with. This is corruption. Why would you lie to a whole group? My opinion of this stands. All right, Jackson, thoughts here. Yeah,
2: I mean, at the end of the day, um, she and I I looked it up. uh, She's 50 now. And I'm just saying that to say she's more than old enough to have realized that there's certain things that you do and don't talk about, especially when you're with colleagues or in any type of work situation. So, like, she could have gotten away with this. Um, she could have gotten away with everything and she just wouldn't have talked about that because it's so, you know, it's kind of akin to being in a workspace or an office space and just, you know, saying like really misogynist things about women and thinking it won't get back or something along those lines. It's just unprofessional. Yep. But even more than that, she's in a, uh, a public office. Uh, she's not some celebrity, um, and she's not 23. So it's not like, oh, I'm young and I just said something stupid. I'm sorry. She's very grown and she's in a position where, as you pointed out, she her decisions impact people's lives. So, like, it's too risky of a game that's not worth your career more so than somebody else just being in that position who people can trust, which, again, you pointed out the I, 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 me, me, me. No, you're, you're supposed to be a statesman, stateswoman, but yep. clearly you're just worried about your career. So there it
3: is, you know, and I have a feeling that there will be an update. The prosecutors, yep, they want Alex Jones to testify, and they're looking for
0: the RNC chair. Put it up for a mask. Uh, this is going to get so interesting. According to a newly filed court document, Fulton County prosecutors are seeking the testimony of the RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. In the upcoming 2020 election interference, on um, trial for two a former President Donald Trump co-defendants in Georgia. Prosecutors are also seeking the testimony of Andrew Hitt, the former Republican Party of Wisconsin uh, chairman. The trio are the latest individuals revealed from the 40 County DA's office finding Willis's witness list. This is for the October 23rd election subversion trial for Trump-aligned lawyers, Sidney Powell and Kenneth Cheserow, who have pleaded not guilty. So, prosecutors want to call both McDaniel and Jones during the upcoming trial to establish um, culpability. Uh, this is going to be interesting. So, uh, obviously, he's facing seven criminal counts, is charged over the alternate electoral plot, which was the fake electoral plot. They, they say alternate is fake. Uh, he drafted several memos and sent Barry's emails devising a strategy on um, how to pull off this illegal deed, including ideas of how the alternate electors could mimic the real one that makes them fake electors. Once again, not alternate, okay? Alternate electors are actually legal. Um, prosecutors previously indicated other trial witnesses on their list include Boris um, Ip- um, Ting, a lawyer in Trump's inner circle. Lynn Wood, an attorney who filed lawsuits seeking to overturn the election. 2020 and multiple pro-Trump individuals in swing states. They served as, quote, alternate electors too. Uh, So this is going to be dynamic. Let's put them up full mass. Look at the trio, man. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a picture. All right, Segan McDaniel's testimony, the prosecutor said, on the day the electors or alleged electors met, she spoke on the phone. With Trump and attorney John Eastman, who was also involved in the strategy. McDaniel also forwarded an email about the plan to Trump's executive assistant. Let's put up Joan. So, why do they want Alex Joan? Why bring the main clown? To the circus. All right. So Jones, and I, I say main clown because, you know, he's Alex Jones. Trump is the main clown, obviously. But Jones, uh, prosecutors pointed to a video. Uh, so there's footage CNN published in August that appears to show um, Chesbro following the InfoWars host around the Capitol grounds during the January 6th attack. Now, I want you to just keep that picture up now. CNN published this. You would uh, would imagine that the authorities have access to this as well. So prosecutors wrote that Jones would provide evidence to the jury of the involvement in the conspiracy, including without limitation, as it relates to his participation in the march on the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Go to the video.
4: In the days after the November 2020 election, Chesper wrote a memo to a lawyer for Donald Trump. It's among the earliest known documents outlining the legal strategy Trump would allegedly try to use. His memo focuses on January 6th as the hard deadline with ultimate significance to determine the validity of electoral votes. Emails obtained by the January 6th committee show Chesbro later suggesting to the Trump campaign that the fear of, quote, wild chaos on that day could provoke the Supreme Court to take action. Go to the White House. At the same time, Alex Jones was helping pay for and plan the January 6th rally, urging his massive audience to gather in Washington, D.C. The night before Trump's rally, Jones would warn of a coming battle. This will be there, Waterloo. When the January 6th committee asked if Chesbro was in Washington the first week of January, Chesbro pleaded the fifth. In the hours before the insurrection, he was with Alex Jones and his entourage a short distance from the Capitol. Chesbro is here wearing a red Trump 2020 hat. As lawmakers prepare to certify the results of the election inside the building, Chesbro follows Alex Jones and a crowd of protesters as they walk towards the Capitol. Chesbro has his phone out, seemingly recording Jones's every move. As Jones was leading a crowd to the east side of the Capitol, the west side was breached and rioters poured in. There is no indication Chesbro entered the Capitol building or engaged in violence. The House committee investigating January 6th would eventually call it the final step in Donald Trump's plan to try and overturn the election, a plan that started in earnest with Kenneth Chesbro. Bonnie Willis, the DA in Fulton County,
0: filed this under the RICO Act, which allows for what you're seeing a connection beyond local jurisdiction, okay? There's more of the documents were filed in the middle of a pretrial hearing on Tuesday in which Chester and Powell argued their charges should be tossed. They wanted them dismissed. So one attorney argued that his client acted only in his capacity as a lawyer giving only legal advice to fake electors, but not directing them. Now they're fake electors, I thought they were alternate electors, but which one is it? But he gave advice to fake electors? Did that advice come with a Make America Great Again hat and a trip to the Capitol? Was that part of the payment? Because, sir, if not, that means he voluntarily engaged in that activity. Which, by the way, takes you out of legal representation into criminality. We all know that is not protected. There's more. So, Chesborough's granular advice underscores his role as a lawyer, not a co conspirator. Attorney Scott Grubman told the judge, Scott McAfee, the fact of the matter is that everything he sent was legal advice, Grubman said. But testimony by Jones. Speaking to Chesbro's January 6th behavior could upend the assertion by his legal team that his only role in the alleged conspiracy was by impartially offering legal advice. Fulton County prosecutors pushed back on the arguments made by the attorneys by asserting that, well, Chesbro is not charged with any offenses that prescribe free speech or expression. Each of his charges are conspiracy counts, which are proved by establishing an unlawful agreement between two or more parties. So let me tell you what really happened in court. His attorneys argued the wrong defense. So they're arguing a defense about um, him being an attorney and this being privileged information or legal advice. And well, they say, yep, yeah, listen, that's fine. Um, that's not what we're arguing here, Judge. We're arguing that he's a co-conspirator of criminal activity, which means there was a meeting of minds. A meeting of minds took place. He was aware of the criminal conduct and engaged in criminal conduct. That's it. It's amazing. All right, Jackson, thoughts? You know, I think uh,
2: above anything else, one of the most interesting things about the current set of legal woes that Trump faces is how much it's humanizing him. Yeah. And showing how ridiculous it's been for people in these powerful positions to ever really be afraid of him. He has the base. But one, Donald Trump has two really serious problems. One, he's Donald Trump and he can't stop being himself, which means he can't shut up and he can't stop breaking the law. And two, they're still over a year away from the election. Because despite the fact that, you know, Biden and Trump are looking, you know, neck and neck in polls, Democrats have been outperforming in the polls, especially in special elections. But also, he can't stay out of trouble. And what what reason do any of these people really have to back him in court to really go down for him? And he still has 91 federal charges to beat, which I, I can't see how he's going to beat all of them. I just can't. And he's losing his right to do business. He's about to get a huge fine. I mean, he can't stop. So it's, it's really just crazy to watch. Um, I just Steve Scalise, they just put him up. I don't think we're talking about that today for the House. No. Um, But the Republican Party really is in shambles, which gives progressives a lot of opportunities, especially in smaller elections.
0: I can't wait. And I know it's going to happen. I can't wait until Rudy Giuliani officially becomes a federal snitch. And (laughs) he is going to spill the beans. Now, I want to remind everybody uh, the former aide or chief executive. To Rudy Giuliani, whom, according to her, he sexually assaulted and never paid her. She said that both Trump and him had a scheme where people could purchase a pardon for $2 million and they would split the purchase 50 50. If that's true and it's provided as evidence, well, you know, it is what it is.
3: Uh, Obviously, it's true. Okay, I'm just saying if they prove it. it's a hell of a thing. All right, welcome back. We have got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments.
0: Okay, yeah, that's good stuff. Okay, <laughs> uh, Fritza, and thank you for that. Love you, Doctor Richard. So glad you have snacks and on. Fritza, Fritza, <laughs> yeah
2: she she's one of the most she's one of the most wonderful people yes. ever. Yes, she absolutely is. I ain't even just saying that either.
0: Yeah, I know. All right, Lady F and T. Thank you for that. Dr. Richie, you're the only one on TYT who knows how to pronounce my name, even though you can't say it outright. Uh, they call me Lady F C N T. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, educate them, please. Um, Hap boy, hat, hump Day Snacks. And I don't, that's interesting. So a lot of lips and some hearts and stuff, uh, you know. That's for you. It's part of the brand at this point, you know. It really saying? is, dear brother.
2: I'm, I'm a key, and, and I ain't complaining either.
0: <laughs> and, and let me say this Lady after tea, you can't blame my colleagues. Uh, everybody from Glenwood Road, you know what I mean. So we're good. <laughs> I understand exactly what your name is. Okay, we we'll appreciate the humor. Uh, dystopian drag, and thank you for that. I'm talking about the uh, Martinez, a former councilwoman, former president of council. She said, "Wine, wine, wine, and wine." Yep. That's about it. Twitch, uh, fascist killer said, never, never meant to be racist while being racist. <laughs> Unbelievable. And like the context, the whole conversation, the context was racist. Uh, it wasn't just about the kid, Jacob. It was about a lot of other stuff. So, and <laughs> that is interesting. Tech not nauseated. My mouth got me in trouble. I'm soon who recorded my voice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. That's exactly. they exactly- they, they gonna leave here with something, you know what I'm right. saying?
0: That's exactly <laughs> they, that yep. Right, that's exactly that point. Right,
2: that's exactly what's They gonna what's leave happening. here with something. That's that, they on a Denzel time. You know? That's right, there you go. Yep. Okay, the
0: deal. <laughs> okay. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would.
3: You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in-
5: Sunday? I feel free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Monster.
0: Up the picture, full mass. Um, by the looks of these fellas, I don't think they would bust the soft side of a grape, but they did bark a lot, they engaged in a lot of aggressive <laughs> back and forth. And as you notice, when there's an opportunity to approach close, that opportunity is continually ignored. <laughs> <laughs> There was literally nothing between them if they wanted to be that bad. But listen, we're glad nobody got hurt. Um, we I do believe this is one of those situations, both individuals are Karens. All right, so thoughts here.
2: Well, that took place in the state I'm in. I'm here in New Jersey. And in New Jersey, you pump your own gas. So- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, actually, no, 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 I'm tripping. You don't pump your gas. You don't, they pump your don't gas pump. for you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it normally goes. You pump your own gas, but in Jersey, they pump your gas for you. So, you know, people are a little. It just works a little bit different. Okay, So I'm sure they were holding up the line a lot more. Uh, Maybe. but yeah, you know, he 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 had a chance to get closer. He almost ran him over with his car. He was willing to do that. He got out the car, but then he was like, nah, never mind."
0: Right. You know, and they
2: got to the They got to the top of the mountain. Well, they almost got to the top of the mountain. Rather close. And was
0: like. Nah. Yeah. They walk back down. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Um anti-Karens Unite.
5: You scream at an employees, Walmart. Get out of here. Stop, yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass. Either I'll make a phone call, or I'll knock you out myself. Don't you ever talk to somebody in their job while they're doing their best to help you? That's not their fault. Let's go to your
3: car. Let's go
0: to your car right now. Let me explain the scene. I got more video. According to the narrative, the gentleman, he's being, let's just say, disrespectful, rude, aggressive, not nice to those who work there. And lurking in the corner is an anti-care. Here's more.
3: Let me get myself we'll going to the right now. You did the right one on the wrong day. Where are you? Where are you? Because this white wants to fuck with me in this hurt's office. Yo. What's up? Nobody in here is going to help you now. You disrespected him. So what's up? Didn't you just tell me to suck your What's up? Get the f- out of here. I'll give you one more chance. I'll give you one more f- chance. Get the, f- out. Get the f- out of here. Get the f- out of here. I'll give you the best of the dogs. Get the f-
0: out. Hello. Sorry. First of all, Madam, um, I like your style. I really do. <laughs> we call that ride a die where I'm from. Um, you may not know. Any of the employees there, but you saw an injustice. Righteous indignation was swelling up inside of you, and you responded. And then you went right back to professional mode. You said, "Hello, I'm sorry." Well played, well played. All right, Jackson, thoughts?
2: Oh, well, they they up this way too. I could tell by how she was talking. She's from New York, <laughs> and, and New Yorkers take a it's, it's special. Um, offense to you know as smd you know what i'm saying Mm. telling somebody to go down on you like that take particular offense to that but the dude you know when he was talking to the employees like that he felt like the law was on his side but then when you know the little bitty woman stood up and was bigger than he he is (laughs) you know that that made him change his mind because she's not an employee but he sized her up and was like damn she she bigger than me i can't take her so then he just he just switched it up. And sometimes that's all it takes. is a strong woman, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. It was um. <laughs> once again, anti karens unite. All right, we yep.
3: got more on the other side. It's indisputable, sticking. All right, good to be back with you.
0: We got a lot of comments. We read as many as I can. Uh, Mo Furrier, the lady didn't even need to put her phone down to deal with Keebler Elf Karen. Yeah, Uh, James Thomas not the soft side of a great, that's right. That's correct. And uh, at time one more, Uh, (laughs) sonic underscore boom underscore dragon 23. Roast of girl talking about the anti Karen. Okay, um, Tiktar, excuse me. A TikTok star has um, some explaining to do Uh, according to her. You know, she said some things in the past, just you know, a few things that may have been kind of racist. She apologizes. We'll come to find out. Hundreds of things were racist. It has now resurfaced. Um, let's go to it.
4: There had been some tweets of mine that I learned about yesterday, back 10 to 12 years ago, that had resurfaced. That's not who I am, who I was as a teenager. Just want to acknowledge and recognize that I am completely and utterly disgusted and ashamed and honestly embarrassed at how normal it was for me to speak that way on on Twitter and to, I don't know, for my friends and I to address each other that way or for me to sing along in rap songs. And that's nobody else's fault but mine.
5: let me give you a little bit of context all right all right all right because this is wild those two are married now all right? one on the left giving the apology obviously has hundreds it's not just a few like just a few from back in the day she has literally hundreds as if she was being paid to be racist hundreds of tweets calling black people the n-word calling them uh all sorts of racist stereotypes telling people to go back to their country hundreds of tweets from like 10 years ago they had a plantation wedding a slave plantation wedding sold their photos to national publications like people magazine and of course somebody dug that stuff up after having a slave plantation wedding what did you think would happen
0: i mean damn Y'all had a slave plantation wedding,
3: I'll put it up, yep.
0: Another influencer with a racist past. This time hundreds of tweets involving an unprecedented use of the n-word. When I say unprecedented, I mean every tweet back to back, she didn't even take um, a tweet off, every tweet, inward, word inward. word word Today's offender, London Stallings and her wife Olivia Stallings who also had a few racist tweets surface too. The famous couple who recently celebrated their wedding had their old tweets make the rounds on Reddit on their big day. As many users said, hey, why would you all do a plantation wedding venue? Ah. The tweet, okay, now we get it. They went back and tried to figure out well, what's going on here. All right, the Reddit posts have since been deleted, but have been moved to an eight-slide <laughs> Instagram post. The two posted an apology video in response to the backlash. Uh, many black advocates have been quick to respond. Uh, so let me say this, I'm all for redemption. I really am, truly, authentically, I'm for redemption. I'm a man who has learned from many mistakes. I will make mistakes, you will make mistakes as part of humanity. But here's one thing I know for sure. What you fail to acknowledge, you never truly transform from. And so when you fail to acknowledge the reality of what you've done, trying to massage it, minimize it. Act as if it was a small thing when really it was a whole lot of other stuff. And then you left out the part about you still engaging in activity, obviously adversarial to, let's say, diversity by having a plantation wedding. I think that should have been part of the commentary too. It seems to me that you simply would like to not face penalty for your publicly expressed belief. But understand this, what you offer to the public, it will be either publicly criticized or publicly praised, there are people who absolutely adore the fact that you have racist tweets and a racist wedding. All right, Jackson, thoughts here?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, if it was just like a couple of tweets, then people probably wouldn't be talking about it. Because like you said, it wouldn't be like, oh, she's probably just a young white girl being a young white girl from the valley or something like that. But if it's hundreds of tweets, then obviously that makes it different. But I mean, realistically, she should have deleted her old Twitter or deleted all of that. If she knew she was getting that type of popular, there's no way that, that you don't have in the back of your mind somewhere like, yo know, half my Twitter history or a fourth of my Twitter history <laughs> is just ridiculous. You know, so this is, I, I guess, getting too comfortable or thinking. Yeah. But look, this is what happens, you know. So if there's a few things here and there and it's just like in, in jest or banter, nobody gonna care, whatever. But, you know, you kind of put yourself in this position. She should have went back because if she would have deleted all of that or deleted her old Twitter. People wouldn't be
0: able to see it. Yeah. So, and you make a good point because, listen, she got coin. She got money.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, there are companies that will literally do it for you. Right. OK. All right. Hell of a thing, black woman assaulted. Prosecutors refused
0: to prosecute, to charge, put it up full mass. This is a hell of a story with a lot of twist and turn. In Duluth, Minnesota, the St. Louis County Attorney's Office reportedly declined to pursue charges against the two white men who assaulted the 39-year-old Michelle Folson, a black woman. This happened at a local bar on Tuesday, September 12th. But the Duluth City Attorney's Office says they will be seeking justice. Keep a picture up. It's hard to look at, I know. But I want you to understand you have what's called concurrent jurisdiction here. The city has jurisdiction as well as the county. The county says, oh, no crime here. City says, I'll be down. It's an absolute crime. And we will seek justice. The attack left Ms. Folsom with traumatic brain injuries that could lead to an impediment with cognitive ability. Ms. Folsom posted images of her injuries on Facebook, sharing she was left unconscious outside the West Duluth establishment, a rustic bar. The Duluth Police Department said the city's lawyer, the city's lawyer, not the county, the city's lawyer, will charge Scott Rabold, 41, and Mylon Griak, 56, both of Duluth with fifth-degree assault after the county office refused to do so and did not give comment on why. Officials in Duluth believe there is enough evidence to get a successful conviction for the charges put forth by the city attorney pointing mostly to surveillance video of the assault from inside of the rustic bar. Folson also posted images of a blood-stained shirt and glasses, which she said resulted from the attack at the rustic bar. Folson's clothes and shoes reportedly had drag marks on them, showing she had been dragged by her side on September 18th. The DPP released a statement saying the footage shows the victim, Michelle Fultz, 39. And another woman having a conversation that turned physical. That's when two males became involved in the confrontation and assaulted the female. The statement continued according to Bring Me the News. Well, she finally woke up after being jumped by the men, these feckless cowards. She found herself alone in dark parking lot of the bar, the victim gathered herself, walked about four to five minutes to reach her daughter, believing her child would help her. A daughter created a GoFundMe page to detail the incident, which she believes should be classified as a hate crime, and I agree. The daughter says her mother's teeth went through her lip. She had swollen black eye. A gash between her eyebrows, and her head was swollen and blood was everywhere. Quote, I called 911 right away. They rushed her to the hospital in the ambulance to treat the injuries. It is known that some of the situation took place in the bar, and they never called the police or helped my mother. Natasha Kabir wrote, when police arrived, according to one report, they rushed Ms. Folsom to the hospital in the ambulance. Officers watched the bar surveillance footage which depicted Folsom being assaulted by the men who knew the woman she was arguing with before they intervened. The two women will not face charges. Community leaders and activists are calling for the men to be held accountable. Noting that witnesses said that no one at the bar even tried to call 911 or step in to intervene. They also said the on duty bartender, had blood washed off the premises before the authorities arrived. Locked their asses up for tampering with evidence. Sue them for providing a hostile environment, for engaging in contributory negligence, for premises liability. And then the police officer, who decided to do exactly what The bar did, a for-profit company, not a damn thing. This is so sad. Black women are the most, they are the most undervalued demographic for so many, but not here. So we go out of our way to make sure we highlight these stories to create transparency for the sake of just everyone involved in this. From the bartender who did nothing, to the officers who decided there was no crime. To the county prosecutor who said they're not going to charge anybody and the city having to do a WTF moment and say yes, we will if you're not, which is rare. We're gonna follow this story as it continues to develop. We'll follow this story till it's completion. Jackson, like thoughts here.
2: And as you pointed out, it, it is rare for the city to step up when it doesn't necessarily particularly have to, because I mean, this was attempted murder. They just flat out yes. tried to kill this woman. Like there's no, the way that they beat her, they dragged her. They they had murder on their minds. Uh, it, it, I mean, there's no, and, and even if they didn't, what's the excuse? Oh, she hurt my feelings. She. She said something to me, there's no way that you can make this look good. But definitely, anything that can be milked and squeezed out of this absolutely should be. Um, it, because this is just shameful. Uh, they, they tried to kill this woman, and they had a great time doing it. And mm-hmm. as I say often, this is who prison is for, people like
0: yep, this. That's right. That's right, that part right there. All right, we will bring you um, the updates as justices saw. We got more
3: on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. A lot of show left.
0: I'm running a little behind. Gotta be quick. All right. Uh, Fritz, uh, thank you again. Uh, that bar needs to be closed. They're in action shows. They are a dangerous establishment, should not be operational. There you go. Uh, Gabby Math is a member for 16 months. Thank you. Love you all, still alive after hip breakage, blood clots. Thanks doc, snacks on and indisputables. Uh, Let me say this, positive vibes, energy your way, all right? Very glad that you're okay, pray for your continued healing, okay? All right, Um, it's a hell of a thing, all right? So a cop has been charged with manslaughter for killing a black nurse. I'm gonna show you the video leading up to it, here it is. All
5: right, give me a favor, Step out for me, please.
2: No, I don't want to go. Okay, I'm not asking you right now. Hold step out for on, me. Why, why? No, no, no. Can I, can you I know to... why? Because you're not coming back on file, no. man. Hey, hey, step come... out of the car. Can I know why? Because You're not coming back on hey. file for what me. What does that step mean? Step you can...
3: You're what not coming mean? back on file. Okay. Okay. Hey, you, you, hey, can't you can't figure out who I am. What do that You can't figure
5: out who I am. Because it's not coming back on file. You better come out now, dude. Okay. you going to cooperate or what? I'm going to cooperate. Put your stuff down. Get out You stop holding it? You stop touching me. I don't want you reaching for anything, man. I'm not reaching for anything. I'm not reaching for anything. Okay, step out. Okay. Stop, I'm, Drop, I'm not reaching hey, for anything. I'm not reaching for anything. Dude, stop. Just turn around. Okay, okay.
0: Turn around. Okay. Hey, Stay in the car. Then he shoots and kills a point blank. Point blank. Put up the picture for a man. The cop has been charged. The August 2022 incident. Officer Brad Lunsford responded to a 911 call about Presley Ease. A nurse who was accused of stealing a beer from a local gas station. Nurse Ease would lose his life in the encounter and the officer Lunsford would be charged for voluntary manslaughter. Let me give you details of what happened. When the cop arrived at the scene, he approached the shirtless male who was completely unarmed and confronted him. The officers were not able to verify his identity at the time. The statement alleged the cop and his colleague are said to have forcibly removed The nurse from his car, resulting in a scuffle as he resisted arrest, according to the report. Now there's a news release from the attorney general. Says, quote, Eza ended up on the ground on top of one of the responding officers during the ongoing struggle. Placed his hand on the second officer's taser, though it was not cycled or deployed against either officer. The news release claimed, adding that Officer Lunsford then drew his service weapon and shot the nurse in the back left side of his head at point blank range, put it up. You literally have a cop who has shot a man in the back of the head, okay? The body camera footage and a bystander video obtained by NBC News appears to show the officer placing the gun directly to the back of his head. The Attorney General has called the incident a tragedy and yet another example of poor police tactics resulting in the unjustifiable use of force. Local news reported that the officer surrendered, was taken into custody, and was released. Excuse me, he is currently on paid leave. Did you hear me? He's still getting money. The other responding officer was not charged. Um, Civil rights attorney Shannon Kennedy previously told KRQE about how the death has impacted the family, especially his child. He was a father of a two-year-old boy who would now have to grow up without a father. His wife is shattered. His family is shattered. Kennedy said to the outlet, he is from a large family back east and came to New Mexico to serve this community as a nurse. So you have one person who literally saves lives. You have another person who puts on a uniform every day. He's told he's out here protecting and serving. But he takes the life of the one who protects life. By shooting this person in the back of the head. All right we'll bring you updates. Glad to see a charge should be murder. um but we're glad to see a charge happen uh and that charge could be enhanced. Thoughts?
2: definitely, uh the charge should be enhanced, but what I saw there is uh, he was just literally terrified like he was yeah. he was just scared, like he really thought like something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen. Ah, I gotta get ahead of it. i gotta like that's all that was. Which, you know, above it being a shame that this man had to lose his life for no reason. It's pathetic. I mean, like, you know, like the, the way that that uh, black men can be feared just because of the color of their skin, because I don't he didn't look like he was some massive hulking person. You know, like you just scared him because he's a black man. That's all it was. So scared, in fact, that you like, you know. So it's just like, who the hell are we letting into the into the forces? You really want these these punks on your force? How, how long can you really defend these people who just look like cowards, like they're just weak, like well, they're afraid of the people they're supposed to serve? So it's just, you know, the cycle continues. But yep. like you said, at least there was a charge and hopefully it does get enhanced.
3: Yep. And we will bring you updates as they come. All right, a hell of a thing, 50 Cent. Uh,
0: So he trolls P. Diddy for being involved uh, in the assassination plot of Tupac. Put it up full mass. Hell of a story here. All right. So 50 Cent has been causing waves online for posting his thoughts about the allegations that P. Diddy hired Keefe D for $1 million to kill Tupac. So 50 would post. Damn, so pot got lined by Brother Love, LOL, time to lawyer up, ish might get sticky. Uh, at his tour, 50 addressed the post. He said, um, I got to stop doing that, ish, he told the crowd during his performance. I've been talking to a therapist who is trying to help me with ish, I'm saying. It's some crazy ish that comes out of my mouth for no reason. For no effing reason, maybe I said that ish about Puffy because he got Tupac killed. I thought it was for real a reason. And then I thought that I wanted wanted to post the ish I seen online. All right, so uh, 50 Cent decree about Diddy is not completely out of left field, okay? Um, So let's put him up. Uh, Hell of a saga. So, there's a 2015 documentary titled uh, Murder Rap, Keefe D. So Keefe D. Davis is his name, actually suggested that Diddy ordered him and his crew to oust Tupac. Um, and then there's another narrative that says basically P. Diddy did pay a million dollars, but did not order it, but paid it as a thank you. It went to a third party who was supposed to deliver it to Keefe D. And that third party person never delivered it. According to another interview that Kefi D gave, all right. So according to Greg Kading, the filmmaker who got Davis to confess on camera, allegedly Davis was an accomplice to his nephew Orlando Anderson, who was the person who pulled the trigger shooting Tupac. Anderson who was now deceased, was accompanied by Davis the night he did the deed. As they rode together in a white Cadillac where shots were fired from, though not much else. Uh, has come from, come out regarding Diddy's involvement in the crime. Davis is set to appear in front of a judge in the next couple of weeks, marking the beginning of what could be an incredibly meaningful case for hip hop. And obviously, very sad, um, extremely sad. Tupac was taken away from us. Uh, obviously, one of the greats who continued to mature right in front of us, throwing the same things that we would hope one day a politician would say. We have a case for community. All right. Jackson, uh, Keefe D told him himself in multiple interviews.
2: Yeah. And and, and for years and years, uh, things that ran back to Orlando Anderson pulling yeah. the trigger. But like, I mean, with you on know, Vlad TV, Vlad TV is a treasure trove of everybody saying what happened, um, you know. But at the end of the day, uh, cold cases, you know, 50, 60 years can go by. I mean, people probably pass out by then, but you'll see it like 35 years go by and somebody gets arrested for something that they did all those years ago because at the end of the day, the families are still in pain. Uh, people's friends are still in pain. And it's a life that's lost. And he that's was right. a very, very impactful and influential person. So, you know, I mean, if if Diddy does have some type of involvement in it and he gets caught up with it, then the justice system is just going to have to do what it does. Um, yeah. you know, so I, I don't know I don't know what his involvement in that was, but if he's innocent, then he shouldn't have anything to worry
3: about. yeah, there you go Jada has revealed that her and Will Smith have
0: actually not been together for seven years. It has all been a sham. So Will Smith, when he did what he did to Chris Rock, they weren't even together. They were fake together, playing a role, pretending. Hell of a thing. Uh, let's put it up full mask. Um, Jada, Will, you know, the star couple. Um, let's go to the video. Here it is. When we met up with Jada in her hometown of Baltimore to
1: talk about her candid new memoir, Worthy, she opened up about an issue that has been kept secret until now. There are so many surprising things in the book, but the thing that surprised me the most, that I actually had to reread it, because right. I said, is this true? Right. Was that in 2016, you and Will decided that you were going to live completely separate lives. Yes. It was not a divorce on paper. Right. But it was a divorce. divorce. So from the year 2016, which is seven years ago now. <laughs> yes. Y'all have been apart. Yeah. But in public, the couple who married in 1997 denied the gossip about their marriage. This interview on Bravo's Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen was taped a year after Will and Jada separated.
4: So, how long have you guys been together? <laughs> uh, 23 years. Wow. wow.
1: Over the next several years, Jada and Will kept up the appearance of a committed married couple. They even faced a scandal when Jada had what she called an entanglement with a family friend. Neither let the public know they had already split.
0: Y'all, I I don't understand. All right, I really don't. I'm going to go get through the story. Maybe some understanding comes at some point in the future. In the preview clip, all right, um Pinkett is asked about details of the marriage there's a revelation in the memoir I mean got to say this about Jada she always she's definitely making a little money from this stuff surprised her the most was about the separation um, they are not romantically together anymore uh here's more I feel like you're a straight talker
4: I am
1: except you're not sometimes yeah so why do that like what was the reason
4: i think just not being ready yet Mm. still trying to figure out between the two of us yeah how to be in partnership in regards to how do we present that to people you know and we hadn't figured that out why did the relationship fracture Oh, why a fracture? That, that's a lot of things. Yeah. By the time we got to 2016, we were just exhausted with trying. I think we were both kind of still stuck in our fantasy of what we thought the other person should be. Oh.
1: Jada says she considered a legal divorce, but could
4: never go through with it. I made a promise that there will never be a reason for us to get a divorce. We will work through mm. whatever, and I just haven't been able to break that promise.
0: Okay. Um, you know, when I said that Jada is going to divorce Will Smith and marry Tupac's hologram, you all really pushed back on that. <laughs> so now I'm going to update it. She's going to remain married to Will Smith and marry Tupac's hologram. All right. Um, remember this, <laughs> right? Remember this moment? Shocked the world. He said it was defending the honor of his wife, that he loves dearly. and They're together and their family, their unit, they move as one. It was an act. It was an act. He decided to do that to another man, to a black male, to emasculate him in such a way. It was an act. I thought this is a skit, she told people in an interview. So when Will Smith did that to Chris Rock, she said she thought it was a skit, okay? Why did she think it was a skit? Because they're not together for real. There's more. Roughly 18 months after Smith approached Rock during the live telecast and hit him in the face. after he made a joke about Pinky Smith's shaved head. Uh, the result of her alopecia. I was like, uh, there's no way that Will hit him. It wasn't until Will started to walk back to his chair that I even realized it wasn't a skit. Um, Pinky Smith also recalled the first words she said to Smith when they were alone afterwards that night. She asked him, are you okay? She continued, I'm going to be by his side, but also allow him to have to figure this out for himself, directly after the slap, Jada says Chris came downstage to speak to her during a pause in the live broadcast. Chris came down to uh, to end to the end of the stage and tried to apologize to me. He said, "I didn't mean you any harm." I said, "I can't talk about this now, Chris. This is some old ish. I thought this was about the Oscar 2016 and their stuff that they had before I even came into the picture in the late '80s." I've got to leave that to Will and Chris to talk about. They got their stuff for sure. Um, You know, there's a lot here. Um, But at the end of the day, Jada is selling a book. And obviously, a lot of people are going to buy it now because this was a sensational dynamic. Um, I need someone to check on Will. I know usually I'm not the guy saying, hey, you know, I Will Smith did something very wrong, obviously. But is Will okay? All right, Jackson. How do you see this?
2: Uh, well, especially since you you pointed out she's selling a book. Of course, that's what it's all about. She ain't got nothing else to talk about. Clearly, you know what I'm saying. Like, go make a movie or something. Like, go go star in a flick or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's. I, I think that her explanation makes it worse. Like, if it was all fake, him going up there and doing it makes it worse. It makes it childish yes. and, and less meaningful. At least yes. you could give him the benefit of the doubt, like, well, they're in a very toxic, unhealthy situation and he's just exploded. But so, no, I don't believe that. Uh, but regardless, uh, you know, they just kind of need to take a break and
0: go. away. Yeah. You
2: know, so it, it's yeah. I,
0: I didn't understand. I, I don't understand any of it. But there was one part <laughs> I really did not understand when she said they. They didn't know how, she didn't know how they were going to present that to the world, that they were no longer um, together, no longer in love, no longer sleeping together. I don't know. But they didn't know how to present it to the world as if the world was going to break. Right. <laughs> if we found out that you all aren't together anymore. that I didn't understand, I didn't understand that. Did you understand that?
2: No, nah, y'all would have just been another Hollywood couple that broke up, but that had a long time together. So it's not like it was right, just they a, did. a waste of time. You know, y'all know. you y'all brought uh, children into the world and it's yep. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, you know, but right. it's really a shame though. Cause I mean, Will Smith was one of the, this generation's biggest people and him doing yeah. that one act just plateaued his career and his legacy. It just did.
0: You know, um, and, and that's the thing about when you try to make somebody else, when you try to look big, and you make yourself look small. So when he tried to make someone else look as small as he felt, it really polarized his own life and magnified his own weakness. All right, Jackson, always good to have you on the program. Sir, tell people I think follow you, check out your great work.
2: Absolutely. Always good to be here. You can check me out at youtube.com slash at politics and paper. Got the membership program up and running. We all about community service and local political initiatives, and it's going well. So check me out at politics and paper on YouTube. Definitely looking forward to being back with you next time.
0: Absolutely, dear brother. Always a pleasure to have you. All right.
3: Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America compared to
0: CNN, Fox News, and 30 other networks. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is Indisputable. We go places that other news media outlets refuse to go. When there were human rights abuses happening at the Victorville prison, guards and members of the community contacted us.
5: You, through your investigative reporting, unearthed very troubling allegations about specific forms of abuse and discrimination in the federal prison system
0: it really doesn't take much to be a trusted voice all it takes is to be fearless report on matters be an advocate i called it the bullpen intentionally because it's a place of preparation we present individuals who may have an opposing view so we debate sometimes we interview individuals because their stories deserve to be heard A survivor of significant police misconduct and his attorney we covered this story earlier and to remind you of the horror of one man being shot at damn near 100 times by the police we take time on this show to showcase the temper tantrums of karen's in the wild We do this not because we want to see people's emotional outbursts in public, but because these incidents are emblematic of a bigger societal issue taking place across the nation, and it has to be checked. My friend, my big homie, attorney-at-law Benjamin Krupp. I just want to thank you, man. When educated, articulate brothers like yourself speak truth to power, It makes a great difference in changing the landscape in America. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either.